0: Welcome to The Nation, a Floyd's 99 Barbershop podcast. In The Nation, we discuss topics that come straight from the barbershop floor. Topics that not only affect barbers and stylists, but our clients as well. Welcome to The Nation. Welcome to The Nation, everybody. I'm I'm one of the hosts, Patrick Butler, and today is a special one. We've got some amazing guests that are lined up on The Nation to join us today, and I couldn't be more excited... We're going transatlantic, we're going across the pond, and we're speaking to two amazing guys who've done some fantastic things in the industry, just astounding things in this industry. Um, I am joined by none other than the Bloody Butcher and the Bearded Bastard, aka Lane and Rob. How are you guys? What's up?
1: What's up, Patrick? What's up, America? We're good.
0: <laughs> hey, listen. That's
1: very
2: good.
0: I'm, I'm so thrilled to have you guys on here and just to talk ab- about a couple things with you guys. And just for those who are watching or listening, I want to give you a quick history in case you didn't know this, um, but these two gentlemen founded a barbershop, uh, Skorum, in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. And that I believe that was just over 10 years ago that they founded that barbershop. And then a couple of years later, I think it was seven years ago in March of uh, 2014 you sold your first can of pomade and seven years later ruzel that pomade has gone on to be the number one professional men's brand in north america number two in the entire world oh i don't know if i'm checking the scorecard that's pretty damn good to me
1: i did not know this
2: (laughs) (laughs) you have read yourself you are really knowledgeable about this uh You know more than me. Really? Number
0: one North America? Yes, we am. Yep. You guys did it. Uh, You know what? Uh, We took a look at a couple of reports and you guys came out on top. And listen, bottom line, if you know anything about the men's grooming industry right now, you know one thing and that uh, you know the impact that you guys have had. And it's just been amazing. It's been just a rocket ship ride to watch you guys over the course of the last um, seven years, let alone 10 years. As you broke through at the barber shop, and uh, a disclaimer: I've had the chance to take the Floyd screw over to Rotterdam a couple times to go to the old school, and it has left an impact on our team and anybody that comes in contact with you. So, man, when you look back on seven or ten years, um, what does that feel like to look back on that after that ride?
1: It feels like thirty years, <laughs> at least, maybe even thirty-five. <laughs> no, it's been a roller coaster, but. Um... Yeah, it's been it's it's been fun. I mean, it's ten years Scorum and and uh, six years Roosel, I guess, but we have been in the industry for thirty plus years. I started when I was fourteen, I think Lane started yeah. when he was fourteen. So um, you know, we've actually had quite some experience before starting uh scorum, but when we opened the barbershop, we were at a crossroad in our lives, actually, you know, we have been working very hard to make a career. Um, and, and we went pretty far with that, but it was just not, not, I think we, we both realized we were going, well, in a direction, but maybe not the right direction. So, believe it or not, uh, looking back, scorm was actually kind of a break within the career. We're, we were literally at a point that we were a little... Well, burned out is maybe a, a word a little bit too big, but we definitely uh, needed some change. And we were like, hey, you know what? Um, let's do, because we've always been joking about growing or wearing white jackets. And, uh, you know, and it, it, it literally all started with uh, coming to America with Eddie Murphy, you know, with the guys walking in and talking about boxing. That was kind of a running gag. Like, you know, that's how we're going to end up. And we were around um, uh, 10 years, we were around 35 when we the idea, and we were like, well, we're not gonna wait till 60. Let's do it now. Let's see what happens. Because, you know, we had all these friends and bands and blah, blah, blah. And they all, you know, we were even really known for our pompadours and quiz, which back in those days were still uh, considered the funny haircuts, you know, while we thought that all the faux hawks with the mullets were the funny haircuts. So yeah, you know, um, we were kind of done with um, the way the fashion industry kept changing. I mean, we didn't lose interest, but we wanted to kind of build a foundation. I think in time, when, in these times where everything is changing so much so fast, I think a client, a patron, really loves a place where time stands still in a way. I mean, look at your background with all the posters. Clients don't want you to take those posters down and change your shop. This is what actually gives them faith because it's always the same. People need places where they know, you know, you leave the shop with with a great story, one good joke and a bad joke. I think, you know, and if the haircut looks pretty good too, well, that's a nice extra.
0: Now, since you guys had a background in hair prior to uh, starting the shop, um just for the people watching or listening, um, that background also involved women's hair. Was that correct?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Now, was uh, the intention to shift to men's hair? Was that a direct in- intention for you?
1: Um, you know, well, I'm going to answer this one and then Lane is going to answer one. That answer is probably going to be a little shorter. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I started barbering just giving my friends haircuts at home. So that's literally how it started. And uh, then I was thrown out of high school. My mom went nuts. She was like, what are you going to do with your life? I ended up with, a, um, with my first uh, um, 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 mentor working in a salon. And he could tell that I was not happy with, you know, because he wanted me to be an apprentice, you know, doing perms and doing the highlight thing, you know, still with the, with the, with the hook, with the needle, pulling out the little. See, and it's a little different here in the Netherlands. You don't need any schooling or nothing official. You can just work and learn. Um, But he saw I wasn't happy with that. So he was like, you know what? I had my day off on Friday. He was, bring your friends and I'll teach you how to do men's hair. And he was a classic school barber. So that's how it started. But And this is funny because, and I don't, I always give really long answers. But what's really funny is that, and we're talking 30 years ago, the moment I learned how to do the men's hair, he was like, "Okay, so now you got to learn to do women's hair because that's where the money is." Boy, was he ever wrong! But this is like something really old-fashioned, you know, because it was—it was not just haircuts; it was perms, uh, retail, it was uh, a coloring, right? So, so I kind of—I was kind of forced into women's hair. But then, honestly, I fell in love with women's hair because that's how I discovered Fidel Sassoon. I've never been a colorist or whatever, but, you know, I find it very challenging to do all the bobs, the graduated bobs, the five points. So I think the power of the the men's haircuts at Squorum comes from a very classic... A foundation also of women's hair because we know about graduation over direction it's not just flipping the guard on a pair of clippers it's understanding where to how to use the clippers because you know about angles does that make any sense but then after years and years of women's hair oh my lego is on the way that is great man that is just that is some great news my new lego box will be in tomorrow um so uh, um I think we 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 have always uh because of our musical background and going out, you know, always going to bands, like every weekend trying to, to catch as many live gigs as possible. So that is where your biggest friend base is. So we just ended up doing mohawks and palms and you know skateboarding. And um, To make the answer even longer, uh, before we started Scorum, I was doing haircut. I was living in a huge squat back then, and um, uh, I built a barber shop on the second floor. It was kind of like a speakeasy. You had to have my number, so all these guys came in. It was like a secret location. And then Lane was hanging out there every day because he was kind of, well, he can tell it himself. But he was not too, and in- he was not in a happy place too with his shops. So we were at this, you know, secret hangout, you know, doing haircuts, everybody brought beers. And then we found out that there was this very, very unique um, uh, environment. Sp- yeah, environment, you know, there was always, and the thing is with guys, um, you know, once you get four guys in a room, um, you know, there's always a guy that caught a fish, but the moment somebody tells about his fish, there will always be another guy in the room who caught a bigger fish. It's just, you know, and and it's funny. It is not bragging. It's funny. It's a special way of funny. And we were like, you know what? If we can catch this vibe and and, and, and build it into a shop, then we got gold. But, um, and that that's how Scorum turned out. But when we started Scorum and we told the people what we were going to, everybody's like, nobody's going to go there. Nobody's going to
2: go there. What well, they did. You know, the funny thing is, Patrick, he doesn't even know the question anymore that you asked him. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he asked if we, no, he asked about women's hair. Okay. <laughs> we, you know what,
1: you know what, I got, I got a DM this morning, so I haven't done women's hair in 10 years. I got a DM this morning of, of, of an ex-client of mine begging to give her a haircut 10 years later. You know what I told her?
2: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so talking about music and the backdrop that you have, and you have been to the to Rotterdam with a couple of you uh, Floyd uh, people. We are having Scumbash our in February fifth in Rotterdam, so you have to come again.
0: Got yeah. to do
1: it. Yeah, with, we got some. A of yeah, guys. we got some really really good bands, man. You should definitely do it.
0: No I, I congratulations on that. I saw that that was coming back and uh, I think that's amazing because I know that was just a, such an impactful piece for you guys. I mean I was you know in preparation to talk to you guys I was I was looking through the uh, the book here. Um, oh dear. And um, now here's the deal. I can't read the book because it's printed in Dutch. <laughs> so um, I can't. There
2: much lines in it either. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's more photos. Yeah, right? it's more but, photos.
0: But the beauty, and you know what? I don't care that I can't read it because the photos tell the story to me. To me, my observation from looking through the book is it captures a period of time for you guys where it incorporated the music that you were talking about, the scene that you were talking about, the people that you were hanging out with. And there's a really impactful photo. There's a ton of photos that are impactful, but one of them is seen from outside of the old school when you were across the street back in the day. And it's just this mob of guys waiting to get in. And even when I've been there with our team, I've seen the guys lining up to get in what, you know, at what point did you guys know when you saw those lines? I think we got this. I think we got something here.
2: I don't think that we ever thought that. Um, uh, the, uh, well, I, I can remember that the first couple of months it was really quiet in the shop. And we were like, oh, is this going to work? Is this going to work? And all of a sudden we had like um, a biker in, but also a lawyer next to him. And that was a moment that we thought, okay, this is going to work. So not even the lines, because the lines actually slowed us down. Because it was so busy in the shop that, that you, you, I was doing a haircut here, but the client was standing here, here behind me. So with time management, we were really slow uh, for that. But you have to, you have to remember that um, if there are like 100 guys in the shop, And the last one that's coming in, he knows if he's there at 9am that he is going to leave the shop at around 7pm. And if he leaves to get a sandwich, he has to be back in line again, or he has to come back tomorrow. Well, that doesn't work anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually, I would not do that.
1: no it was it was insane we have so many absolutely crazy stories but we
2: even brought we even bought like 60 umbrellas because people were standing out in the rain waiting for just to to get a haircut and we were like "Fuck, we can't do oh sorry
0: we can't do um, that
2: we got one client that was sitting outside, waiting for the shop to open at 6 a.m. in the morning. And we opened uh, around 11 at that, uh, in, in that uh, period. He was, he was uh, held by the police because, and he told them like, no, I'm, I'm waiting that the barbershop is going to open, but they didn't believe him. <laughs> well, I wouldn't believe him. <laughs>
1: hey, 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 do you know Steven Moody? Yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> you have to ask him because he has been in that line. Yeah,
2: he has been in that he line. He has
1: been in that line for six hours. We got him absolutely wasted feeding him whiskey and shit. And he, <laughs> he, he tells it in a beautiful way. And um, I mean, he literally was there at one of the busy. And, and I still have um, a photo of him standing outside in a line of like, Forty people, and it's the big Stephen. Moody. I'm a, I'm kind of I'm kind of proud of that photo. <laughs> I
2: get
0: that. <laughs> well, that's great. That's amazing. Stephen Moody's an amazing artist. So he just wants Oh my God!
2: He shouldn't wait for
1: anybody. <laughs> no, but he did, man. No, you really, you really. If you see him, ask him because he tells it that man knows how to tell a story and he tells it beautifully. He actually told the story uh, during a, a seminar once. And I mean, I still get the goosebumps when I think about it because he just, he told it. And I just, that was one of the highlights, actually. You know, I had a lot of, high, but that that just felt so special that that somebody that you look up to was telling it that way. And he's telling like, I wasn't treated in any... Um, a different way I just had to stand with everybody and blah blah, blah and they got me absolutely Wait, it's it's a good story <laughs> but it was insane it didn't make any sense but you know what uh, a lot of people came in because you know and we have been uh, lucky we got on on TV and stuff so that's really gave it a boost but we do like to believe that people came because the atmosphere was so, so special back in that days. We literally told people, you're not allowed to look on your phone, talk to each other. We will bring back the lost art of having a conversation with a total stranger. That, that was a goal in life. You know, we considered SCORM a third place. And, um, and it worked. It worked for a long time. And... Um, but we also like to believe it was the quality of the haircuts because men getting a 45-minute uh, a minute haircut, that was special, man. Because, you know, people were always like, oh, oh, dude, and especially in the Netherlands, the whole barbershop uh, culture was dead. It was only mixed salons, only. So if you had appointments and you saw when you walk in in the morning and you see your list of appointments, you go like, "Oh, it's Miss Pink who has highlights, Miss Brown who has long layers, uh, Miss uh, Miss Black who has uh, a blowout," you know. And then you saw John, and when you saw John, you were like, "Oh my God, thank God I can smoke a cigarette," right? And honestly, I did the same because you know you're like, "Oh, John, I've been doing John's hair for ten years. I flip on the one." You know, because and, and it's a mental thing almost. So we were like, no, man, 45 minutes for a haircut, um, scissor over comb, you know, hot towels make people, make guys feel like really a special client again. And uh, this was in the days when especially the, the big, you know, Amazon was growing huge, uh, supermarkets were getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So that personal, personal touch to the haircut. You know, it, 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 it was special. You know, people felt special. And when you walked in, you know, there is a reason. Um, you, it's the whole idea of the speakeasy. I think it, it just um, re- resonates with guys, you know, when you have a password, when you're part of a little gang, you know, if you're part of your own secret little club. It's like when we were kids, you know, you had your club and you had to knock on the on the door in a certain rhythm. It made it a little special. But, you know, guys get older, but they always stay kids, you know, and that is very important to to always keep in contact with your younger self. And I think I think you know we just get older, but the toys get more expensive, but guys like toys. And you know, when you walked into Squorum, there was no smell of, um, you know, the, the hair color or perm. You only smell, yeah, you know, there was only pomades, there were only shaving cream. So it smelled absolutely fantastic. And that sense, you know, because smell, there has been a lot of research, smell apparently brings back the most um, the memories. So when you walked in there, you had this weird feeling of, you know, when time, times weren't better. That's what everybody always says, you know, back in the day's time. No, that's not true. But it's a very, it's a sort of nostalgic feeling that soothes the brain, you know, you relax instantly. So it was and is a very special place. What was the question again? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm, I'm going to ask you, you know, I've got the other thing I was watching was this DVD series, of course, oh, the, yeah. the, the 10 haircuts and um, those the posters that you created to represent the, the shapes that you created and those haircuts. Uh, you just talked about the experience that the man has sitting in the chair, but the haircut and what you brought to that. That was impactful. And the cutting methods that you've shared with so many people around the world have really, really made a big impact, whether you're a barber or a cosmetologist, it didn't matter. It was relatable. And that's been amazing. How, tell me real quick about those haircuts and, and what that's meant to your shop and what it's meant as you've traveled and taught it.
1: Well, you know, it's funny um, when we made the posters, uh, we have some great stories about the posters because... The guy that did the photos is literally the backbone of our shop. He's never in the interviews, but, you know, in the um, spirit, he's right behind us always. So um, when we did the
2: posters, what? <laughs> what, you want to do it? No, no, no. He's right behind
1: <laughs> us. He's right behind
2: <laughs> us. in well, front of us, It's a monster us. plant. It makes
1: sense, <laughs> man. So um, when we did the poster, that was, you know, We have been quite brilliant with that one, and I know that sounds super arrogant, but when we look back, because you know what we did? We made those posters for Scorum, not to sell around the world. I mean, that was Lane's idea. I just, you know what I wanted? Because so many people came in, and and we're professionals. Professionals. So when we talk about the pompadour, slicked back, flat top, we know what we're talking about. But it's like, man, when your shower is fixed, you call a plumber. You don't want to know how the pipe is cold. You want to take a fucking shower, right? And that is the same thing. So there were no phones, there was no Google. So we were there explaining that they were like, "Oh, you only do special haircuts?" No, we do men's haircuts. Oh, what are men's haircuts? Oh my God, right? So um, we were like, you know what? See, every girl out there knows that guys are not the brightest lights in the chandelier, are they? Now, so you know what? We were like, you know what? We need, we need a menu. We need a menu, and. Um, instead of magazines and, oh, you know, this is the Elks book. No, we need a fucking menu. So we were like, you know what, let's make a poster. And we we're just going to, because we do not do a lot of haircuts in the shop. So it was quite easy. So what we did is, and when you take a look at the post, they're not models. The guy with the flat top wears glasses. You can tell on the poster are white lines because he was standing the summer. We didn't know how uh, to use, um, the Photoshop or whatever um because Yella, yeah, like the photographer was still in school he didn't have he, he hadn't had <laughs> his exams yet <laughs> the photoshop class yet i think i don't know but um thing is so ming walks in he has a flat top so we literally were like hey you want to be on a poster we need a flat top so, oh yeah sure man so we we went into the back took a photo oh we got the flat top so klein walks in with a with a slake bag we're like oh can we take a photo of your slate bag? you're going to be on the poster oh yeah sure man and So we got two posters and these are all clients. These are, and this is the success story of Squorum. No fancy, fancy models. You know, it's guys that are tall. Some of them are are a little heavy. Some of them, you know, so it's real haircuts on real people. So when those posters, and that's what people want, man. I mean, I, I, (laughs) of course, I want to look like Brad Pitt. And if I walk into a shop with a photo of Brad Pitt, I'm not going to look like Brad Pitt. But I can look like somebody on the poster, you know what? So we made those posters, and they went they went around the world, you know. And that is how we got picked up actually in the U.S. So um, we had a photographer from the U.S., a very known photographer, um, come to the Netherlands to shoot some. And he was he, he 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 was just he he was blown away. He was like, "Oh my God, this shop." but he had a lot of experience with making DVDs and blah, blah, so he was like, hey, you know what? Let's make a DVD with the techniques, but it was hell for uh, George, for example. He came with us and he had to take notes on how to do the haircuts, but Lane and me are quite chaotic when we do a haircut. We go from left to right. He He was just like, no, I need a technique, and we were like, this is a technique. Why do you start on the left side? I said, well, because it's Tuesday, I don't know. So we were driving the American team absolutely nuts. Lane was doing the flat top. So George is sitting there taking notes. But when Lane does a flat top, he takes the clipper, right? This is the back of your head, and he just takes the clipper and he does this. Vroom! So within a second, I mean he does plasma like three minutes, and George, is like, there's no technique, there is no <laughs> technique. And we're like, No, man, you blow dry the fucker and you just do this, and then so we learned a lot too, man. So it was it was super fun because um, that's where the whole idea of the old school, um, you know. But because we've been educating for a long time, but in a very um, not in a traditional way, maybe very organic. Like, what do you feel? What do you see? What do your what? But when we started the school, we we're like, oh man, we need to have well, not rules, but we need a technique that always works. So that's when we put a lot of thought in working with baselines and body position so that we can literally translate every haircut in the poster, bring it down to one technique, knowing where you are throughout the haircut. I think that's, that's and, and always leave hair to play with later. You've been to the school, you've seen how we work, but that was a challenge. That was a huge challenge because um, When we opened the shop, we had one rule, what would Elvis Presley do? When we didn't know, what would Elvis Presley do? But what a lot of people don't understand is that um, Elvis Presley back in the 40s would walk into a shop with his hair combed perfectly in place and he would ask for a cleanup, yeah? So you don't wash, you don't comb, you look at the hair and you clean it up the way the, the the person in the chair wears it, right? And that is what we do. We try to give every unique client their own unique custom-made haircut, right? So it has to fit. Almost like if you take the measurements of somebody, not just their head, but their style, their presence the way they walk into the shop i think that is really important and that is our i don't know what the question was it was about the DVDs, right? <laughs> just- so but with the dvds we were just like we were screwing around but it came out really because and we're going to be honest we had an amazing team with super experienced yeah. people that actually translated our chaos way of working and then you got lauren's vote Yes, and then you stand here and you go like, yeah, do that. And then we were, when we first heard the DVD, we are like,
2: oh my God, we're so professional, look at that. But, you know. The thing oh. is with the DVD, um, um, when we made the DVD, we, we also got like a lot of requests for train, uh, training around the world for education. But we didn't really want to do that because we were in a barbershop. Like it was a small barbershop, so that was it. So we thought like, okay, Let's satisfy those people and make a DVD. But after the DVD came out, it exploded even even more like with that people wanted uh, education. So that's when we moved our shop to the other side of the street and the old shop for us, it was holy ground. So that's why we started the old school there. But just to clarify something also he wants to look like Brad Pitt, but I know also that Brad Pitt wants to look like him. <laughs> <laughs> so I, can imagine. I can imagine.
0: Well, well, I I listen, I I love that story and I love how you started. I mean, you literally took what you, you had, and you know, you talked about Yella, your photographer and videographer. I mean, he's done an amazing job if you look at the history that you guys have created together he's truly documented the entire uh, timeline and recently he posted something on instagram to celebrate the 10 years the, t- the 10 years since he took that original photograph in the old school of you guys and he put something that i uh, in the comments that i thought was really amazing because it, to me it fits everything that you're describing and he he put a quote by napoleon hill that said do not wait the time will never be just right start where you stand and uh, work with whatever tools you may have at your command and better tools we found as you go along. And I feel like you guys have truly done that the entire time.
2: I oh, was still doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know what? it's an organic
1: process, it man. Is. And if you want to really, um, because that's the way we explain it is we try to create the shop that we would like to go to. So I think you have to stay very close to yourself. And before that, because we are very experienced uh, entrepreneurs and we've always looked at the wish of the client and sometimes we forgot our own wishes. And I think, that you know your own state of um, appreciation of your shop is what the people feel. So you always got to challenge yourself by doing new projects and trying new things. And Scorum is just you know for both of us. I mean, we are we are just getting started. You know, it started with 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 the shop, but now we are doing you know so much more. But we 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 just, I don't know, man, it took 25 years for us to get to this point because we used to fight a lot too, because we're so different. But um, now I think we're both at a point that we're really doing all the stuff that we really love to do. So, yeah. So, you know, it keeps evolving because what Lane just said, we didn't want to do education. And when it got so busy, that was a great time when we look back. Well, I wouldn't wish for it now, man. It would drive me absolutely nuts. But then, then back in those days, you know, we were living life to the fullest. So I kind of fit, you know, the whole energy.
0: I know that we took a break because of everything that's gone on in the world, but you guys were hitting the road hard. You were all over the world, literally teaching, doing shows, classes everywhere around the world. Um, Are you looking forward to getting back to that?
2: Um, Yeah, but not in the way that we did it before because we were literally like uh, 200 days out of the year in an airplane and I can remember that when the first lockdown happened, I actually woke up a couple of times a week, oh fuck I missed an airplane, Uh, you know, like really winding down but I think that a lot of people had that, Uh, so we are going to travel again, uh, but not in the extent that we did.
0: No, that's cool. And, and listen, we look forward to that. I know you got some dates in the States in the spring yeah. and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you there. Um, well, real quick guys, what's next on your horizon. I mean, you've done so much already. Is there something you're looking forward to now? Something that you're really reaching for anything on the horizon? Um, yeah. Um, I want to pick that one up. I actually, the Corona lockdown,
1: um, gave me a lot of insight and, um, Yael and me are at a point that um, we we are working harder than ever, but, you know, especially in the studio. So we're creating a lot of content, but I don't like the word content as much because I'm kind of because as much as I love social media, I want to get more old school, do more things in print. Um, You know, make, uh, we are building a project, a legacy almost. That's, at least that's what I hope. I don't know if it's going to be a success, but that is something that I learned. I don't care about that so much anymore because the the groundwork is done. So now we we are bringing everything that we love, not just hair, but like movie, comic books, music, together in one project, it's huge. It's absolutely, I can't tell too much but I'm so excited about it because, and we we are working very hard. It's called Roach, Um, you'll, you'll, you'll see what happened, but it's something completely different. I don't think it's done before ever. And I don't know if people are gonna like it. Maybe people are gonna, well, we'll see. It doesn't matter. And that is the best part of it. It doesn't matter because the fun that we get out of it and especially how we motivated our team because we are discovering all these uh, um, talents in the team that we are, you know, exploring for this project. So everybody is like super motivated um, because of the stuff that they're doing. So, yeah, we we are as much as I love the traveling. We have been away from 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 headquarters a lot. And I'm finding out that I actually really enjoyed being in the headquarters again and, and making, yeah, you know, cool stuff.
2: Creating.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was born to do. I mean, I love to educate and I love to, you know, I love to see the world, make new friends and stuff. And it's great, don't get me wrong. But now that we were in the shop for like eight months, the, the school was closed. So we had a studio all of a sudden with great lighting, so we shot so many, we, we have so many work on the shelves right now that I can't wait to show you, but we have to wait a little bit more. But now it's growing and growing and growing and, and the ideas at this point, man, I just don't have the time and energy to do everything I want to do. So yeah, man, I am super excited about the future. Did you, did you,
2: see, the, did you see the Monster Mash poster? That, uh, yeah.
0: Matter of fact, I've got it hanging up in my office. Uh, oh, you do? Really, at awesome. Floyd's, yeah. yeah. You can uh, You can ask my good friend Marta. We had a meeting at the uh, Rusal headquarters, and I said, "Hey, I'm coming down. I got to get my hands on that poster because that thing's badass." But do
2: you have the poster or do you have the silk screen?
0: Well, I'm gonna let you know a secret. I've got both, um, because. <laughs>
2: awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so, because that thing's amazing, and if you guys don't know what we're talking about, go over to Rusal and check it out. They've got an amazing sil- silk screen poster, perfectly timed if for Halloween. Still
2: there, because it's a limited edition. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but you look- know what,
1: Patrick? This is this is just an example of being at home. See, we didn't need to make this poster, but Michiel Walraff who did the poster, is such an amazing artist. And it started with the King Konga It was an idea about. You know, what if and especially now in 2021, you know, where, 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 where everybody's very open about a lot of things we were like, you know, and you want to be um, so I was like, so what if, what if a monster walks into the barbershop, man, and they're not on the posters that that would not be nice. So that's how the idea started. And then we were like, you know what, what if they all went to a party and had their own little dance and And then you get to post and you don't know, man, maybe people like it. Maybe people hate it. It doesn't matter. You have to make it. And that is a very important message to everybody out there. um, Because you don't have always have to do things to, I don't know, man, to make money or whatever. But when those posters came out and you're holding the first one and you know, there's only 200 in the world, that is a very special feeling, man. That's what, that's what you do it for, man. So if you own a barbershop or a salon, do a photo shoot. Man, the moment you can frame your work. You know, I, I, I when when I do a class, I always talk about. Well, so. is it dark? Can you it's see us? It's really dark.
0: Hey, still got you.
1: Oh, okay. No, but see, um, it's like outlining your haircut, man. You're framing your work. Um, and I think when you own a salon and you got a team, organize a photo shoot. You don't have to, but it's going to motivate people and the moment you see your work in print with a frame, you know, even when you can give it to your mom, look mom, it's it's these are the little things. So a poster like this, you know, you get a new drawing and you just get so excited even when my phone goes like, oh, mail from Michiel. I know I'm going to see another monster, you know. That is great, man. And that is that is that is the core that should be the core of your business too you know, being excited about things that you do. Am I explaining it right? Yeah, Absolutely. I'm explaining it right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, you, you nailed it, man. And and that's I think that's what we love so much about what you guys do is you, you bring it from a pure place that's authentic, and you're doing it for the right reasons. You're following your passion, you're chasing that and doing it for the right reason. And I think that's inspirational for a lot of people, man. So Thank you for sharing that. And the one thing that I want to make sure that everybody understands that they're listening or or watching is that uh, we've been talking about their barbershop in Rotterdam. It's in the Netherlands. And it's an opportunity for you. If you want to further your skills, whether you're a barber or cosmetologist, it doesn't matter. You can go and attend the old school and the old school offers courses for you to really take advantage of the education that these guys and their team have created together as he mentioned, it's, it's a way to take technique and really elevate your skills. We've been able to take the Floyd's team a couple of times. It's made a huge impact. There's multiple courses. So I highly recommend if you're looking to up your game, this is the course to take, get over to Rotterdam, get over to the Netherlands and see the old school and see scoreham and see what it's all about. And, and the school's up and running right now. Right guys.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So huge. Um, the other thing I'd tell you guys is this, um, as we close this out, first and foremost, um, I want to thank you guys. You guys have been just a, such an inspiration to me and to our team and to everybody around the world that's followed you um, online or, or at a show or in a classroom. You guys just did an amazing job and we appreciate you so much. And at Floyd's, we absolutely love you, man. We're looking forward to hosting you next year in the States. We've got a couple of things up our sleeve and uh, we can't wait to host you.
2: Awesome. Thanks, awesome, Patrick. man.
0: Well, listen, as we close this out, um, I want to say thank you to uh, the Beard Bastard and the Bloody Butcher, Rob and Lane. Thank you so much for joining us from across the pond, so to speak. Also, I want to give a shout out and say, listen, if you're looking for Russo products, definitely do yourself a favor and stop by any Floyd's 99 Barbershop across the country. We've got them in stock and ready for you. And now's the perfect time as we head into the holidays. Stock up. You guys, thank Thanks so much for joining me today on The Nation. Appreciate you guys so much.
2: Thanks, Patrick. <laughs> that, was, that,
0: that was fun, man.
2: Thank you for having us. Absolutely. We're going to see you in the spring live and kicking. Then we can smell each other also.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for joining The Nation, everybody. This episode of The Nation is brought to you by the annual Floyd Styling Sale. Stop in your local Floyd's barbershop and pick up your favorite styling product of choice. Buy the first one and get the second one half off. It's a perfect time to stock up or to buy one for someone who needs to look good. The styling sale runs November through December, so don't wait. Stop in today. A Huda Media Production.